My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Elio's original. And welcome to Webcrawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Ali Siegel, and today we have very special host, Danae West. Is it Danae? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, first of all, very cool name. Thank you. Danae, tell us a little bit about yourself. If there's anything you want to share, uh, any, what do you do? Are you in school? What are your favorite hobbies? What's your zodiac sign? <laughs> um, I'm a high school teacher. This is my tenth oh, year. Yeah, teaching high school English. Oh, geez. Um, I taught for five years at my high school in Marina Valley, California, which is what our story is about. Cannot I graduated wait. two years later. This happened. Three years after that, I started working there. So it's right in the middle of the time when I was not part of the community, but that's really yeah. cool. Um, okay. And now I live in Washington. Amazing. I have a weird question. So when you came back to your high school to be a teacher, were you teaching with like teachers that you had when you were a student? Yeah. Um, but I taught English and all of my English teachers were gone. Um, <laughs> but it was like math teachers were still there and science teachers, but like I didn't work with them directly. So it was pretty, pretty was okay. That, was that weird at all? Or no? A little bit, but also like it really built up my ego because like my old calculus teacher would like tell kids like, oh, she should be teaching math and I should not be teaching yeah. math. Like I'm very <laughs> much not qualified I don't know, I don't that. But oh like it God. made me feel really cool. That's crazy. That also would be crazy. Like, of course, my mind goes immediately here. Like if they started hitting on you because you're no longer a student. 
<laughs> oh, that would be so creepy. They were old, thankfully. Like all of the kids I teach now are always talking about like their hot teachers. And yeah. a lot of the people at my school are pretty young. Um, and I feel like I missed out on that experience because all of my teachers were like 40s and up. Yeah. Um, That's what I think about when I like, because I, I used to be an elementary school teacher and like it was different for me because I was an elementary school teacher. But I started teaching when I was like 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, teachers are young. Like, how do they let you be in charge of a classroom? Like I was, that's not okay. Um, I know it's that weird experience of like, you are the adult, but like, you feel like you're the adult. Like, what do you do when the fire alarm goes off? Like you are legally responsible for all those children. Yeah. You just start screaming and leave the room and you're like, Oh wait, I have a class. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll let us get into it. Uh, you did a hometown case and I'm so excited. I love when people do this because they're like, it's more intimate. They're tied to it. I am handing over the reins to you. This is a case I haven't heard of, so I am so excited. Danae, tell us what we will be learning about today. Okay, so uh, I heard the hometown murder call, and I am coming to you today with the murder of Norma Lopez uh, from Moreno Valley, California. So if you are from California, um, you either don't know about Moreno Valley, or you may know it. Uh, It's Moval. (laughs) It's the murder. Um, whenever anyone asks where I'm from, who's not from California, I just describe it as like an hour away from anything good. It's like a one day trip to the beach, <laughs> to the mountains, to LA, to San Diego, to Palm Springs. But like Moreno Valley itself offers so little. Um, and I'm allowed to say that because I lived there for 28 years. Uh, I lived there through college because I was poor and I stayed with my parents. Um, we had a mall, we had a bowling alley, we had an in and out. Uh, and that was basically it. But on July 15th, 2010, the people of Moreno Valley had something new. They had fear because that was the day that 17-year-old Norma Lopez disappeared after her high school summer biology class. Oh, my gosh. So the city of Moreno Valley is um, unique in that it was a really small suburban community. It had two major anchors at one point, a NASCAR racetrack and an Air Force base. And when the city was incorporated in 1984, it was just under 50,000 people. Everything was citrus groves, empty fields. And then all of these new construction track homes started popping out. Um, And so it started to draw people who wanted to have kind of a nice suburban existence to the Inland Empire of California. And so by 1990, a bunch of people like my own parents, and um, by people like my own parents, I mean like middle class (laughs) white people, they'd driven the population up to 118,000. Um, and then it stayed that way for most of the 90s. Um, there was kind of some stagnation, some economic decay. But in the early 2000s, um, a bunch of people started leaving LA to search for more economical and secure housing. And so in the early 2000s, my boyfriend just got home and he's being a creep. Um, <laughs> just came around the corner and stared at me. Boyfriends uh, be creeping. <laughs> yeah. So by the early 2000s, um, the demographics of the city were really different. There was an influx of Latino and Hispanic people and Black people from LA. Um, in 2006, the Black population of Marina Valley rose by 13%, and the uh, Latino Hispanic population became the majority. So it was a really big change from that like very white suburban yeah. demographic of the 90s. Um, and I think racial tension plays in a lot to how this case was perceived um, by oh, the people of the city. So um, if you just kind of want an understanding of like Marina Valley in 2006, uh, Tyler, the creator, once tweeted that he wanted to publicly thank his mom for not moving to Marina Valley like a lot of people from Los Angeles did, because man, I would have sucked. 
Um, oh my god, that's yeah. so funny. I talk about this all the time. I have personal beef with Tyler, the creator, out of this, even so though funny. like I understand. That's such a good enemy to have. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, um, the creator. I have another one because also <laughs> oh, uh, Mara Wilson, you know, like the girl who played Matilda, um, yes. she has a sub stack and on her sub stack, she ranked the UC mascots. And so I went to UCR. Um, UC Riverside is like one city over from Reno Valley. Uh, and yeah. so they're, they're pretty much the same. Um, and so she she tweeted about the mascots. Someone else responded that like UC Riverside actually has two mascots. And one of them is Norm the Naval Orange which is like a pretty cool mascot to have, I have to say. (laughs) Um, And then she tweeted them back and said, do they even grow oranges in Riverside? I know they grow potatoes and raise cows and uh, there's a lot of meth, but oranges. So, um, Oh my God. Yeah. So both of these people are my enemies, but also I think it really (laughs) helps you to understand like the absolute opinion that people have about Marina Valley and Riverside. Um, I do want to go on the record and say, naval oranges were invented in Riverside. It is a citrus research station. Um, and so like orange groves were everywhere, not a lot of cows, not a lot of potatoes. So I don't know what she was really thinking of. Um, and then there was only like tangentially meth, like meth was a very small part of, of my childhood. And I will say that this is like maybe a little biased, but, um, like this white skinhead dude named Chris, his name was Chris with a K because his mom named him after Santa Claus. Um, what? yeah, he's, he's named after Santa Claus. Uh, his oh mom God. was like a trust fund lady. Her name was Bonnie and she did a lot of drugs. And then Bonnie and Chris moved into the house behind my parents and Chris started a meth lab. So like I had a lot of experience with like meth in that Stop we were it. constantly police raiding the house behind us when I was a teenager. Oh my God. Yeah, it was crazy. That's so Breaking um, Bad. I know. And Breaking Bad was apparently originally supposed to be in Ontario. So like, I guess meth is kind of a big deal. Yeah, you're like, uh, listen, Matilda's right, but it doesn't but also, matter. Like the cows is wrong. There's no cows. Yeah, but they did They did invent oranges. So fuck Matilda. Yeah. Um, and so at this time period, there were a lot of like really vocal critics of Marina Valley. There was a lot of talk about like the city has changed. Um, the reputation was kind of bad. And you know, when people are saying like, oh, they want to see the city return to what it used to be, they're talking about they want it to go back to being white. Yeah, they're being racist. Yeah. yeah. So um, the changing demographics, the increasing cost of living, the 2008 recession, like Norma was growing up and attending high school in Marina Valley in a time that like there was a lot of strife, a lot of tension, a lot of resentment for all of these people who came to the city for economic growth. And then it didn't happen. Um, and so 20% of citizens in Marina Valley were living below the poverty line. Um, the economic relief that people really hoped for when they left LA didn't happen. Um, and so there was just a lot of kind of inner city tension. Um, the 92555 area code of Marina Valley decided they wanted to distance themselves from this sentiment. Um, there were comments online calling Marina Valley the armpit of the world, citing the murders and the gang violence that came in from LA. Uh, and so the east side of the city decided they wanted to kind of change this reputation. They put an in, in initiative on an election ballot to rename the area Rancho Balago. Um, and so they like installed these vaguely European street signs um, all over that oh part of God. the city. It's labeled Rancho Belago. It's still Moreno Valley. Like the That's fancy name meant nothing. It's, yeah. yeah. And so um, Norma lived and attended school in this Rancho Belago area. So did I. Um, and so she was a pretty normal 17 year old girl. She was taking summer school classes to make up biology and take some extra classes to get ahead. Uh, she loved dancing. She loved fashion design. She wanted to become potentially a designer or a model. She had a large loving family. She had friends. She had a boyfriend. Um, and on the morning of July 15th, 
She made her sister Elizabeth a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. She hid a little smiley space inside made out of bananas. And then she went to school. And when her biology class ended that day, she uh, decided she was just going to walk to her friend's house alone because her boyfriend was running late. It was just a few blocks should have been nothing. But Norma never arrived. And so when her friend and her sister were worried that she hadn't arrived yet after what was supposed to be a pretty short walk, they decided to walk the route to meet her. Um, It was pretty common for them to cross an empty field between the school and this friend's house. And so as they crossed the field, they didn't find Norma, but they found her purse, her school binder, and a mangled earring. Um, And so there were clear signs of a struggle, and they were aware at this point Norma had been kidnapped. So the next five days really uh, changed the city. There was a lot of um, fear, a lot of concern. Um, And then there was also this weird like undercurrent of people saying, well, you know, I'm scared. I have daughters. I have this. But also my kind of my daughter's not like this kind of person. Um, And a lot of that racism kind of came up in that like, well, she was taking summer school. Well, she she was walking by herself. Um, she, she belonged to this community. And so the fact that Norma's family is, is, you know, Latino was a huge kind of thing. And so I worked at a church at the time and there was like a lot of talk among the people. They were really scared. Like there's a kidnapper out there, but also like, but she doesn't, she's not like our kids. And so there was this weird thing where everyone was afraid, but there was also this superiority. Um, and it was kind of gross. Um, yeah. And so As they started investigating, uh, witnesses reported that they had seen a suspicious green SUV fleeing the area. You can actually see in surveillance footage, it um, like goes slowly by and then just a few seconds later, it goes back the other way fast, um, right around where she would have been walking. And so the police and the community offered a $35,000 reward uh, for information leading to her whereabouts. There were massive searches. The community was searching. Norma had six siblings and they were begging for her return. Her sister Elizabeth uh, was a frequent guest on Nancy Grace um, in that time period. And so for five days, it was this limbo of not knowing what happened. Law enforcement went on the record saying they felt that Norma had been watched or stalked by her attacker, that it wasn't a spur of the moment decision, that he probably lurked outside the school waiting for his moment. Oh, no. And five days later, um, on July 20th, 2010, Norma's body was found in a totally different field, three miles away from the site of her disappearance. Her body was face down under an olive tree, topless, but wearing jeans, and so badly decomposed from the high temperatures that it was identifiable (sighs) only by dental records. Um, The day she went missing, the temperature was 106 degrees. So the decomposition also meant that her cause of death was really only speculated. Um, Uh, The medical examiner said it was probably strangulation or asphyxiation, um, but he couldn't be sure. In fact, um, some of the articles even said that the body was so decomposed, they couldn't identify her gender, um, which is terrible. Jesus Christ. Yeah. My boyfriend was like, it's that hot where you're from? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, (laughs) We live in Washington. It is much different. Yeah. I can't even fathom. (laughs) He could not. Um, Norma's earring that her sister and her friend found in the first field did contain DNA evidence. Um, and so between the DNA and the green SUV, like there was some hope for her family that, that someone would be brought in, that there would be information, um, once her body was discovered. So they held on to this little bit of hope, but the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months and nothing really happened. But on September, um, 
I think it was September 15th. I didn't put the date. So in September, um, there was an arrest of 25-year-old Lazarus Tasby, which is a great name. Whoa. Um, yeah, that sounds fake. <laughs> it does. Um, and so Lazarus Tasby was arrested and... Um, there were no articles or anything about him being it being related to this, but a lot of people mm-hmm. speculated that it was. Um, there was an online forum about the Norma case, and a lot of people thought that it might be um, connected because they did impound uh, Tasby's stepfather's green SUV. Um, and I think it probably was sort of related. Um, I, I don't have like insider information, but they found out that Lazarus Tasby... Um, had worked at Valley View High School where Norma went. Uh, he worked there from 2007 to 2009 and he was Facebook friends with Norma. And so there, there was enough kind of circumstance that people really thought this was it. He had to be the guy, but then it turned out that he was arrested for um, prostitution and resisting arrest. So uh, it had nothing to do with Norma. Um, maybe they thought it did. And it was ultimately oh, like a false lead, but um yeah. The fact that he worked at school, that he knew her, uh, was kind of coincidental. And I do want to say that a bunch of people had talked about, like, if he worked at the school, he would have had to know her. And obviously he did because they were Facebook friends, but it's a big school. Um, So if he worked there from 2007 to 2009, I also went there when he worked there. And I guarantee you, I had no idea Lazarus Tasby existed. So I don't even know what he did. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, 
Scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So there was a memorial service. There was a walk in Norma's honor. There was a benefit concert. Um, all of these things kind of happened in that fall of 2010, trying to raise money to add to the reward, trying to support her family. Um, but Norma's killer was still at large and the community was still living in this kind of period of fear and tension. And there was no match in the system for the DNA found on the earring. So the case grew cold. Fun fact about the benefit concert, like um, they they raised a bunch of money to add to the the prize. And I, I do not remember this happening. Um, I just found it in researching, but it was um, Alien Ant Farm. So Alien Ant Farm did a benefit concert for Norma Lopez because they're from Riverside. Um, that's so I guess fucking that's cool. insane. Yeah. That also like dates this case so a lot. Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in October 2011, more than a year after the arrest of Lazarus Tasby, um, there was a DNA match made. So finally, a year later, we have something maybe potentially real. 35-year-old Jesse Perez Torres, who was a resident of Long Beach, California, was arrested and charged with kidnapping to commit rape and murder. Um, so because of the decomposition of the body, they actually can't say if there was a sexual assault that occurred. Um, and because the body was wearing jeans, like there was a lot of debate about whether or not she was assaulted. Um, yeah. But kidnapping a child, I guess you can kind of say, he probably wanted to rape her. I don't know. They, yeah. But they, they charged kidnapping to commit rape. And so Torres was from Long Beach. Um, he had submitted his DNA in a separate violent crimes arrest, um, but there wasn't a lot of information available to the public about what that was when this first came out. And so investigation revealed that at the time of Norma's murder, he lived in Moreno Valley and he moved back to Long Beach just weeks after the murder occurred. Oh, geez. Norma's father, Martin Lopez, told the LA Times, one feels content at the same time the pain comes again. We have been waiting for so long, but we have relied on God to bring us this day and for the police to keep doing their job. It's been more than a year, but at last we had faith in God and he provided justice. Mm-hmm. In a completely unexpected move, um, law enforcement did not do the paperwork right. Shut and so, uh, yeah, they didn't file paperwork properly within the 48 hour time frame and they had to release Torres from jail. But then they immediately re arrested him, uh, which I guess is good. And the investigation continued. Um, they found some fibers of carpet in his vehicle, um, which was a green Nissan Xterra, and in his Moreno Valley home that he'd been living in, and they matched fibers that were found embedded in Norma's genes. Um, So with that and the DNA, it seemed pretty likely that there was a solid case here. Uh, The Moreno Valley home he lived in was just one block from the field where Norma was abducted. Oh, God. But then the next few years passed and there was very little information. Um, He was awaiting trial, but nothing seemed to be happening. It kept going on like the docket. Dates kept being released and then nothing He was eligible for the death penalty. And so people were following the case, uh, waiting to hear about the jury trial, waiting to hear any updates. Um, And a full five years after Norma's death, it was revealed in a newspaper article that the reason nothing had happened is that Torres was on his third defense team. So one of his lawyers was appointed to a judgeship. Another declared a personal conflict. And so each time he had to reset his legal team, it kind of put out the timeline and so the turnover of his legal team was at least partly responsible for those delays. Personal um, and conflict then another, is weird. Right? Yeah. Like, how do you know someone? I don't know what, I don't yeah, know what it was. That? There was no information. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean, 
super, super bizarre. Uh, they were both like court appointed, um, the first two legal teams. So I don't know. Um, more years go by. And finally in January, 2019, eight and a half years after Norma's death, um, they finally started jury selection for the trial and it was kind of big news. Um, I had already moved away at that point and I remember still hearing a lot about it. It kind of brought everything back up. But it's like insane to think that it's one year after her death. They have a suspect. They have DNA match. They have all this stuff. But then you have to wait another seven and a half years. years. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, As this all starts to come together and the trial starts kind of actually occurring, um, a lot more information starts coming out about Torres and who he is. Um, The reason he had to submit that DNA that tied him to the case was because he abducted a woman at knife point, dragged her to his car and raped her. He had images of that victim naked and bound with rope in his possession. Um, And he had to submit date night evidence in that case, uh, which is how they got him for this one. So prosecutors alleged that the year earlier, um, before the abduction at knife point, when he killed Norma, he had been in a period of alcoholism, drinking heavily after a bitter divorce. Um, There's a lot of people who have come out in this case and talked about how he just hated women. Um, which is cool. Well, it seems like it. Yeah. yeah. So the prosecution told the jurors in the case that Torres was looking out the window at teenage girls kissing their boyfriends on the corner. Each and every day he was watching, he was waiting, he was looking through the blinds, he was lusting, um, which oh, is just like so gross, but also just the way lawyers say things. Is yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, gross and awful. Uh, Norma's mother wrote a letter that they read in the trial that said, I took Norma to school that day, not knowing it was the last time I would ever see her again. That's the day this nightmare started without Norma. My house was filled with pain and sadness. That's so sad. But on the other end of things, uh, this third defense team who Torres was worked with claimed he was intellectually disabled. Um, the basis of this claim was that they said he could not use a computer. And so therefore, if he cannot use a computer, he cannot be convicted of murder um Uh, neither can my mom like a lot of people can't use computers yeah um and i mean like he was he was 35 uh at the time that i would have been around 20 so like it makes sense to me that someone who didn't grow up with a computer might not be able to use one i don't know um just old enough that he probably wouldn't have like had one in his home but then it turned out they have evidence that he downloaded pornographic content so he can use a computer to some extent yeah, this is um, ridiculous. Yeah. So they, yeah, he knows how to find porn. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. <laughs> if he can find porn, he can murder someone. Yeah. They also claimed that he couldn't have abducted Norma because he wasn't tall enough. His height was too similar to hers. He would have had to have an accomplice. Um, so like, not even like he couldn't have done it, but like, well, he had to have had help, which doesn't yeah. seem like a great thing for your own lawyer to say. No. Um, They claimed that the DNA match was insufficient. Um, It wasn't like necessarily 100%. Like there wasn't clearly him. Um, And they claimed that the carpet fibers, it's a mass produced carpet. There are millions of feet of that carpet generated a year. Just because that was the carpet in his rental house doesn't mean that he did it. This is some of the worst defense ever. Um, And despite all of those reasons listing, he was found guilty. uh, And the jury recommended the death penalty. But because of the claim that he was intellectually disabled, um, he had to have a separate like competency hearing. Uh, and the judge decided that that should be a bench hearing at the jury and there shouldn't be like jury members involved in that. And so uh, he was awarded a bench hearing to decide if his proposed intellectual disability uh, should impact his sentencing. 
And so in December of 2020, more than 10 years after Norma's murder, the Riverside County Superior Court Judge Bernard J. Schwartz declared that the killing of Norma Lopez and the dumping of her body like a piece of garbage can only be described as disgusting. The defendant displays an utter disregard for human life and is a threat to society. No question about that. And Torres was sentenced to death. Oh, good. Oh, my God. I can't believe that this happened. And that it took over it, 10 years. Yes. And like at the co- at the high school that you went to mm-hmm. as well. That's insane. Thank you for bringing this story to our attention. I hadn't heard it before. Uh, Danae, if you want to be followed anywhere online, not in real life, uh, is there anywhere that people can reach you? Or are you on the Discord? Anything like that? Um, I have an Instagram. It's like teacher private because, you know, you don't want the Got kids it. finding yes. you. But yes. I mean, like, I love web crawlers friends. So uh, it's <laughs> today Jacqueline West on Instagram. All right. Well, today, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. This was amazing. Um, I am Allie Siegel. This was our host, Danae, and we are the Web Crawlers. An Elio's original. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.